Welcome to another edition of Revealing the Diamond. I'm Tiago Prem Singh. This week's episode is brought to you by Seed Apparel. Uh, you can check out the seedstore.ca or check out I Am Seed on Instagram. Uh, my favorite pants, I rock them all the time. I'm wearing them right now in a natural dye called Fustic. Um, they're great. They're for yoga. They're good for skateboarding, rock climbing. They're stylish. They are made from sustainable uh, dyes and fabrics made of hemp. And uh, I can't say enough good things about Seed. So thanks a lot, Seed, for being on board as a sponsor for Revealing the Diamond. This week's episode is called Drink from the Well That Has Water in It. Sounds sort of, you know, obvious, but how many wells are we digging thinking you know this is what the way you're supposed to dig the well or this is the way the well has been uh, dug before or the teachings say you should only have one hole dug you know you've heard the expression that um, many shallow holes won't reach water one deep well will and that can be true yet your destiny is also unique and as a Sikh and as a yogi I, I this is a um, interfaith it is drawing the teachings from everywhere as yogi bhajan said if you can't see god in all you can't see god at all that really resonates with me um so um this i recorded this one quite some time ago but uh as i was sifting through some of the back episodes and getting them all ready for you guys um, I came across this one and thought, hey, this one's got some gems in it. Uh, I'd like to put it out. So it's called Drink from the Well That Has Water in It. In this episode, we talk about just that. If you're thirsty, draw from the well that has water in it. We talk about how oneness is not just love and light. We talk about how the six are master spiritual curators and we are called as students of the infinite to be the same. We talk about the inclusive paths of Kundalini Yoga and Sikhi. We talk about the main channel in all practice that we do in this dharma is love. We talk about Patty Smith. We talk about Lemmy from Motorhead. We talk about Ian Mackay and Bad Brains. We talk about Guru Nanak. So a lot of uh, my spiritual teachers and musical teachers, sonic teachers, show up in this episode. We talk about the emaciated Buddha. Um, we talk about sadhana and how it's sort of like salt. It brings out the flavor in the meal of life. We talk, talk about darkness being a, an effective teacher. We talk about the brilliance of Simrit. Uh, Simrit, the musician and singer, a good friend of ours. She's just wonderful. If you haven't heard her music, check it out. Um, we love her and we love her partner, Jai Dave. Um, super, super uh, amazing power couple connected to our Sangit. So check out their work. And lastly, we talk about seeing the sameness rather than the otherness in the world around you. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with me, you can hit me up at tiagoprem at thedharmatemple.com. If for some reason you've written me and you don't hear back, you can always try tiagopremsing at gmail.com. I've had some interesting times with emails, so if you don't hear back from me, you can try the gmail.com. Uh, also, DM me on Instagram, tiagoprem on Instagram. Um, and uh, yeah we have this course it just started it's a monthly course it's running every four weeks it starts at the beginning of the month so this week's dharmic devotion has already started but if you're interested in doing some study uh, remotely from wherever you are you could hop on board for the march uh, uh, i was gonna say episode but that's not right the march um, 
chapter of this uh, particular course, which can be done from anywhere. It happens on Tuesday evenings. If you have questions, you can just message me. Uh, Equinox, we have an Equinox retreat in British Columbia. Why not come to British Columbia for Equinox and spend time with the Sangit? Uh, there's a thousand-year-old tree there. Uh, we'll be eating plant-based meals, getting up for sadhana, lots of opportunity for learning and connecting with the global community. So come on out for that. If you want more information, let me know or head to the dharmatemple.com and you can get information about that retreat there. Um, and also stay tuned. We're going to India in October and we'd love for you to come with us to go to the Golden Temple, to go to Yogi Bhajan's house. It's going to be epic. Uh, so check that out. What, what else can I tell you? Oh yeah, last thing, Satnam Fest in Malibu Canyon. Uh, this will be my first year teaching at Satnam Fest and I'd love to see you there. So come on out, hang out. It's gonna be, this is gonna be an incredible year, 2020. Um, really, 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 really looking forward to the travel and to connecting with the global Sangit. Oh yes, and last but not least, if you live in Calgary and you listen to the podcast, Calgary, I'm coming your way. Um, I will be there teaching at the Dharma Cabin February 27th. Then I'll be in Canmore on the 29th. No, wait, March 1st. Something like that on the Saturday <laughs> at the end of the month. That's funny that I can't, I don't quite have my dates right. I arrive on the 26th with it, which is. Uh, I believe a Wednesday and then the 27th is the Thursday so it must be March 1st that I'm teaching uh, at Canmore and then uh, on the Sunday back at the Dharma cabin leading sadhana on the Sunday at the beginning of March um, and then a workshop at 10 a.m. happening at the Dharma cabin so if I have my dates all mixed up, please feel free to reach out, DM me, and let me know. I have a tendency to do that. That's what happens when you are constantly exploring realms beyond time and space through uh, the sound current uh, in Sikhi and in Kundalini Yoga. So uh, yeah, if you need, if you want to be a grounding agent in my life, keeping me connected to what's happening in time and space, feel free to reach out. So without further ado, here we go. Drink from the well that has water in it. Love you. Satnam. In Zen, they say, it takes a thousand doors to open the door of enlightenment. So that means that even door 573 was valuable. You understand? You know, most people don't, are not born and they become awake like in the... <coughs> Well, actually, they're awake when they're born, and then things get a little weird depending on their childhood. You know, most people's parents did their best, but they were influenced by all kinds of karmas for millions of years before they existed. Well, I think about it like this, right? If you think about drawing water from a well, People say like, oh, draw the water from one well so that the practice is more beneficial or you become a master. I think that you should draw, uh, if you're thirsty, you should draw from whatever well has water in it. You understand? You know, our teacher, Yogi Ji, he used to say, if you can't see God in all, you can't see God at all. That's a good one. That means even in difficulty, that's the thing about oneness, like there's a lot of conversation in the public domain about how like oneness gets misinterpreted for love and light. 
Oneness is not just less, everything is positive and everything is love. Oneness is even in the challenge, can you see yourself? Even if somebody is behaving in a harmful way, can you see how you are connected to that? Because you are. It's not their pain, that kind of otherness language. It's our pain. You understand? Oneness is recognizing that you are in everything. Even the stuff you would prefer not to be in, you are that. You understand? So it's not all like, well, let's all just have a nice time and pretend everything's cool. Because everything's not cool. There's a lot of pain and suffering in the world. And there's also a lot of joy and a lot of reason to carry on. You see what I'm saying? But draw from many sources. One of the reasons I'm, I love uh, Yogi Bhajan and why I'm so drawn to Sikh tradition sometimes pronounced Sikh, I'm not saying Sikh like S-I-C-K, S-I-K-H, Sikh tradition, is that these were master curators. You know, is Kabir is in the uh, Guru Granth Sahib, the sacred scriptures of the Sikhs, or Sikhs. He's not a Sikh. He was around before Guru Nanak. There are Hindu saints in there, and Muslim saints, and writings in Persian, and writings in Arabic, and writings in Hindi, and writings in... And they found a way to create a language that anyone could learn to read, no matter what caste you were from, and deliver the teachings of oneness, all encompassed from different angles and traditions. Same thing with Yogi Bhajan. He didn't teach one style of yoga. You know what he shared? What he knew to be effective. That's it. And you can do the same thing. Have many teachers. Everything I deliver is through one main channel. You know? You know what the main channel is? Love. That's the main channel. And then I happen to have some traditions that serve me to stand in that love even in the face of great difficulty. Kundalini Yoga is a big one. Sikhi is a big one. But there are many. You know, I was born into a Christian family. I studied Buddhist thought in university. I'm a Sikh who's influenced by atheist thinking. You know? That's kind of a mashup, isn't it? And in my experience, it wasn't just pick one. And now I'm not saying that that doesn't work for other people. It does. You're unique. That's what I'm saying. And I have many teachers. thought I'd share some of them with you today. You all heard of Patti Smith before? She's on the altar behind me. She refused to be defined as a woman and as an artist by any genre of music. People said she was punk rock. People said she was a folk musician. People said she was a poet. People tried to fit her into some kind of box. But she wasn't having it. She was being her. That's why she'll always be on the altar. Wherever I am, I put Patti Smith. 
and she hangs with the Dalai Lama, who's a bit teacher of mine. But you could say the same thing about Lemmy from Motorhead. Most people are like, what? Lemmy from Motorhead? That guy was a drug user and alcoholic. Why do I love Lemmy from Motorhead? If you look on my wrist, you see I got Guru Nanak on one wrist and Lemmy from Motorhead on the other wrist. You want to confuse people? Show them this. I call them my guardian angels, so I don't go too far off in either direction. You know, why I love Lemmy besides the music is that he always told the truth. He told the truth about substance. He, you know, he had a reputation for being with lots of different women. And, pe and people said, like, why don't you get married? He said, I could never get married because I, have, I would have to stay with that one person. And I could, if I did get married, I would do that. I would never lie. I can't lie. And so the truth is, I just want to be myself and carry on. To me, that's very noble. <clears throat> You understand? It may not fit into the views of society, like you should get married and do this and that. I think more than anything, you should be honest. You understand? And then Gurnanak, he, he was a rebel too. You know, he used to dress a little bit Hindu and a little bit Muslim and a little bit like a traveler so that when people would see him, they'd be like, what are you? And that provides an opportunity to teach about oneness. Another influence in my life was a guy called Ian Mackay from a band called Minor Threat. Ever heard of him? So here's the thing about him. I'll, this is a quote of mine that I share. Is, I learned as much from my teacher Yogi Bhajan as I did from Ian Mackay of Minor Threat. When Ian Mackay of Minor Threat was a teenager, he loved music, like most teenagers. But he couldn't go to the shows. Why not? Too young, right? Well, why can't he go? Why not? I mean, if teenagers love music than anybody else, why can't they go see the music? Alcohol. And he's like, just a sec. I'm not going to the bar to drink. I'm going to the bar because I want to see the band. That's not fair. And so he took a stand against that. He's like, why should Budweiser own music? You know? These are all teachings of oneness. Or what about the bad brains, the forefathers of hardcore music? Some people, when they think about hardcore music, they see like white dudes with shaved heads, tattoos. You know who the original hardcore band is? Black Rastafarians. All defined genres and labels, drawing from many wells. I could keep going, there's a whole list here. The Buddha, heard of him? <laughs> you know, the Buddha was a yogi just like you. And the Buddha, he was doing all these austerities. Have you ever seen the statue of the emaciated Buddha before? They don't sell it at Pier 1 Imports for people to put in their garden. You know, it wouldn't be a hot seller. It's like this skeleton that is like wasting away and the cheeks are sunken in. But many Buddhist practitioners will have that in their home because it signifies the uh, uh, time of awakening for the Buddha. 
he was doing all these austere yogic practices, celibacy and starving the body and really intense stuff. You know, and they were, weren't eating for days and days and days. And one day a girl from the local village comes, she's from a poor family, and she has a bowl of rice milk. And she brings it to offer to the holy yogi, the holy yogi. And she goes to give it to him, and all the yogis are like, don't drink it, we're on a fast. Yeah. And he looks into her eyes and can see the love and the offering, the devotion, the bhakti. And he's like, how could I not drink this? Like, it's not about rules. And so he drinks the milk. This is a time of awakening. It went against what you were supposed to do. Because it's all about love. If you can't put love in it, then throw the rules away. You know? And Jesus did the same thing. There's just so many. They all challenged the systems that attempted to define them. And your daily sadhana, your daily spiritual practice, whatever you want to call it, is not about becoming something. It's like salt. Anybody cook? I love cooking. You know, if you put too much salt in something, it ruins the dish, right? If you don't put any salt in it, like those strict yogis, nobody wants to eat any. <laughs> but if you put just the right amount, what does it do? Brings out the flavor. That's the purpose of sadhana. Brings out the flavor. You know? There are many dogmatic people who think that you know, a Sikh shouldn't look like this. But it says in Gurbani that a Sikh, a student of the Guru, is self-proclaimed. So anybody else who says, you can't do that because, don't matter. You know? I'm on my own journey. I'm not perfect, but I'm doing my best. It's not about being good. It's about bringing harmony with, your, with yourself, with the Guru, with the sound of truth. It's about listening and paying attention. It's about having faith in you. And it's not always love and light. This week I felt not very well, like I had a little bit of a cold. I've been teaching a lot, teaching, teaching, teaching. And I've been doing really intense sadhana, you know. I spent the weekend with Sikh Research Institute a week ago, super inspiring, but a lot of information and practice. I didn't feel too well. So you know what I did? I prayed. No, I didn't pray. I did my sadhana, and then I went back to bed and watched the Stephen King show, Castle Rock. <laughs> because it brought some harmony. I like dark and mysterious things. I'm not going to stop participating in them because they inspire me. They teach me about how even the people who are mentally ill are also part of the oneness. You know, even the addicted are part of the one, everybody. And if I just look to the light constantly, I'm missing the point. Make sense? And I think an important way to do that is uh, notice how you are something rather than how you are not. 
You know, I, people say this about the turban and stuff. Oh, well, I, I'm interested in kundalini yoga, but I don't want to do, wear a turban. You should notice why you feel that way. It's prejudice, first of all. And second of all, explore it. You're afraid of something? You want to be a yogi? My teacher said, I would encourage you to lean into the parts of you that are not yet fearless. You're afraid of something? Lean into it. People are like, whoa, shit, that sounds heavy, man. You don't have to do it all at once, but just explore it. You know, Guru Nanak was like that. You know? That's one way to do it. You know Simrit? Some of y'all going to the Simrit concert tonight? I drove to Solstice, the last thing I'll say and then we'll practice. I drove to Solstice with an old Singh in our tradition, like old, old man, sweet guy, but he's got his karmas just like everybody else. On the drive there he said, I can't believe Simrit is the main act this year. I said, oh, why? I love Simran. She's my friend. Well, I didn't say that because I knew he wouldn't <laughs> tell the truth. So I was like, hmm. That's what I was like, really? And then he goes, yeah, you know, uh, she doesn't have the traditional instruments to play the uh, Gurbani in Nod. And so it's just, it's not the same. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Well, I'm going to be there. I think it's pretty good. I did say that. <laughs> You know what happened though? This is a positive story. At the, at the end of the event, on the drive home, this is a long drive, we had to drive to New Mexico, so we got a lot of time to you know, talk about what he likes and doesn't like. <laughs> on the way home, I put one headphone in while I was driving, so he couldn't tell I was listening to music. <laughs> I revealed the secret later, don't worry. But anyhow, on the way home, he goes, Wow, that Simrit was something else. She was amazing. And the girl playing the cello, I said, yeah, that, you realize that's not a traditional instrument. <laughs> you know. We all got all these hang-ups. Don't focus on how you're not something. That's the easy way. Focus on how you are that in some way. Because if reincarnation is real, and Yogi Bhajan, he said, it don't matter if you believe in reincarnation, it happens anyway. <laughs> but if it's real, you've been all of these things before. The things that you don't like, or you don't want to, or, you know, just lean into it. Do your sadhana. Ask the Guru, ask yourself, why don't I like this? What's my hang-up about this? Can you teach me? Don't we need that in the world? I don't like that, so I'm not... No, this, nothing good comes out of that. No growth. You know, the teacher is everywhere. The teacher is everywhere. So, I would encourage you to do your sadhana, to practice seeing the one and all, and rather than trying to be good or trying to fit in. Because this is a practice to support listening. To make you aware as you navigate the many wells. That it, the important part is that there's water in the well. That's the focus. And you may need a pail to gather the water. But believe me, if you're thirsty, 
Just a pail ain't going to do any good. You understand? There needs to be water in the pail. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, it was an incredibly potent session. And I'm so, so, so humbled and grateful uh, for the gurus and for the teachings and for the Sangit, uh, the company uh, of people in our community who love and support me and give me the energy that I need to continue on. Um, yeah, it's uh, I'm just feeling really inspired to go out there and do the work. So thank you, thank you, thank you for your participation and your attention. Uh, in supporting this podcast. Lots of love to y'all, and we'll see you soon. Satnam, Wai Guru.